Hi to everyone listening. I'm Lindsay, owner of Cannabom CBD Topicals, and this is my podcast, Cannamoms, where I talk to other Cannamoms or non-moms, but always about cannabis. Today's episode is probably one of my favorites so far. I'm joined by Christina Forbrick, aka The Cancierge. She's a Cannamom, a woman's cannabis educator, and an advocate of cannabis use for all. Her informative and educational take on cannabis use is super refreshing, and I truly wish every person could listen to this episode with her. Hi, Christina. How are you today? Hi, Lindsay. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So how many kids do you have, and how old are they? So I have one daughter, and she is eight years old. She's in third grade now. Oh, such a fun age. When did you start personally using cannabis? Well, uh, when I was uh, an older teenager, I started smoking herb recreationally because I didn't like alcohol and it didn't agree with me. And um, cannabis definitely did. And shortly after starting it to just relax and unwind, I, I realized that, you know, as I started to know myself better, that it was helping me with anxiety. I have always had really painful periods, and I found that it really helped with not only the physical pain, but just the emotional uh, roller coaster that we experience as women every month. So I started using it in a, a bit more of an intentional way. And also in, at that time, I started studying it and really diving deep into every piece of information that I could find in that time. And this is the late 90s. So it was a time where California had legalized uh, medical cannabis use. And, you know, I I remember reading about people like Dennis Perone and um, becoming more interested in not only the physical effects uh, and the sociological underpinnings, but the advocacy of it as a patient. And I hid it. I had to also kind of hide that I was even like interested in this Mm. plant. So um, I remember, you know, never divulging it to my, um, you know, my parents or a lot of my friends or family. And also to my medical caregiver, I, I never would talk about it. And how often do you think you use it now? Oh, daily. I'm for sure a daily user of cannabis. What's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Well, I love smoking flour in a joint or bong um, a lot. And that's usually my method, but I am an equal opportunity user of many different (laughs) types of consumption methods. So um, tinctures are playing a big role in my life these days, as are uh, concentrates, especially in vape pen form. They're, you know, the discretion of them, the ease of use, I can have it in my pocket. Um, But uh, I think concentrates are probably... 50-50 50-50 with flour um, is our, as far as my my mode of consumption methods. And so I love cold start dabs and mm. bong rips. Great. Um, does your family know now that you use cannabis? Absolutely. I am a serial normalizer. And <laughs> about uh, five years ago, I 
professionalized my passion for cannabis education and use and destigmatization when I started my company, which is to educate other women about cannabis. And um, after being laid off from a career that I truly loved, I felt sorry for myself for a little while. And then that's where my, um, my company was birthed. And through that, I came out of the closet with everybody. And um, I had been out of the closet with my dad. My dad is one that I've been smoking weed with since I was about 25. And I, so he knew, but a lot of my other extended family members really had no idea. So um, I just was, you know, came out of that closet uh, in an educational and normalizing way saying, look, you didn't know for like 20 years and now you know. So does that help you break down some stereotypes about what a quote stoner should look like or be? And um, I've gotten, you know, great responses. Now my grandparents who are in their nineties, my aunt the other day, you know, in her sixties is saying, you know, I, I want to learn a little bit more about some stuff for sleep. And, um, you know, I became the de facto kind of weed coach in my family and friends when I started being more outward about it. And, um, it's just been really wonderful. Honestly, I haven't had a ton of bad pushback other than from really judgmental strangers who do not know me. And so their opinion of me matters little. Yeah, that's like best case scenario situation right there. I love it really is. I love it how really you is. went about it of like, well, did you know before? Well then what's the problem? Like that's a really cool way, like you said, to come out of the closet, like, well, I've been doing it for twenty years and you thought everything was fine because it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it is. that's really cool. I love being a cannabis educator. It's something that is a passion and yes, it does help support my family and I'm very fortunate about that. But I think that there should be people who are doing this type of work in every micro community because it t- it's it takes folks where you are really ingrained in a group of people and you have trust and you're able to give people information on a level that somebody else couldn't. So right. I I truly hope that whatever I'm doing helps other people help other people. Yeah, like pass it forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way of thinking about it. When you're doing all your research, do you find a lot of like biased research, especially like when it comes to cannabis and like being a mom or being pregnant? I have found that most of the research I do, the stuff that pops up first anyway, um, you know, is biased based on studies that didn't isolate CBD and THC, stuff like that. Do you find... um, you come across that often or is it getting better? It's getting a little bit better, but I would say that there's a lot of disinformation and then there's research. Right. So I think that there's a preponderance of disinformation, just totally um, crazy town, you know, still reefer madness, still rooted and just total socioeconomic inequity. But then there is, there's so much, in the last 10 years, a lot of really legitimate research has come about in the United States. Now, prior to that, 
there's there's been tons of research all over the world, especially out of Israel, as I'm we know. I was just going to ask but, you about that. Yeah. You know, the United States is very ethnocentric. We like to think that we know everything, and we have been we don't at all. Yeah. And um, so we're really late to the game in research on cannabis. And but in the last ten years, because of how much it has normalized and legalized across our country, and you know, people are giving money to do this research. For instance, here in San Diego, at the University of California in San Diego, there's a Cannabis Research Institute. And I believe two years ago, they received, the, at that time, the single largest private donation to fund direct cannabis research on cannabidiol, of course, CBD, and with the linkages to children and autism. And that was $5 million that was donated to do this specific research by a family foundation. I remember wow. looking into it. I'm a former director of development and I was very interested in who made this donation and why. And so that's not alone. You know, that's not the only one that's happening. So research is getting better. Um, there are, at this point, I've narrowed it down to really good sources. So I can just filter out the crap. And that's part of why I'm able to do both individual consults, you know, with like with people, with moms and and grandmas and families, as well as do business to business consulting, it's because I know I can kind of go to what good resources there really are because I have I've seen over the course of years that they've provided really legitimate information. So, and I I'm a science person. I really do um, look at the design and the implementation of studies if they're scientifically sound, longitudinally sound. Um, and so, you know, it's getting better, but it's not nearly where it needs to be, especially when it comes to women, uh, pregnancy, children, postpartum. These are all like huge places of study that are just lacking. And um, outside of some really, you know, I mean, I think probably most women who have done some research probably know about the Jamaica study. Yes. And that's and that's probably the um, the most scientifically sound, longitudinally sound study ever done. And so, you know, things like that need to be replicated over 30 years, taking into account thousands of people. So um, I would love to see that happen. That that's oh, that would be a wonderful thing. And it's such a shame because I feel like there, there is so much anecdotal evidence out there from women mm-hmm. who, you know, have chosen to consume it while they're pregnant and breastfeeding. And we would have a really great deal of research, positive research about it, similar to the Jamaican study of those moms, except nobody can talk about it. You know, CPS is a scary mm-hmm. thing. Family members, judgment, job mm-hmm. security. Um, yep. Yeah. Living in the United States in this incredibly litigious society is very prohibitive of it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have clients of mine who are doctors who pay me to do, to help them find out, point them in the right direction of legitimate research and to help them debunk myths because they're being asked about it too. Right. So the fact that we, you know, are we, this information is not out there. It's a disservice to our, our society as a whole, but especially women. And I, at this point in my life, I am 
very open to having conversations and in, I guess, telling people that they're actually uh, been misinformed about things in concise and firm ways, like with someone was in line behind me at a grocery store recently. First of all, the fact that she could even talk to me and like read my mask, I was like, you're too close. Mm -hmm. But it's my mask said it's a weed cough. You know, I made these funny masks because when I'm out in public, you know, I'm a double masker. I adhere to public health standards. I'm a believer in science. And this woman said something to me about, are you a mom too? And I didn't understand what she was talking to me about. I didn't even realize she was talking to me. And then I put it together and I'm like, oh, and I just looked at her. She's seven feet away. I looked at her and she's got all this wine. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally like a textbook thing. Like she was stocking up on wine right. at the store and wearing her mask incorrectly, as I wanted to point out. And I said, but that alcohol looks pretty good, huh? She just shut up. But I felt like, you know, I could have said something a little bit more clever or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that she felt so empowered to say that to a total stranger. While her cart on... is full of alcohol. <laughs> You're literally buying her Poison. Poisoned. And I'm over here, you know, whatever. I don't even know what I was buying. Who knows? I wasn't weed at the grocery store. That's for sure. <laughs> Too bad. So, you know, that those kind of interactions are really rare. I yeah. have more interactions with people who they just are misinformed. And I tell them what I do. And they're like, oh, so you work with like grandmas smoking weed? I'm like, well, not not really, but sort of like kind yeah. of. Yeah. I get the and, grandma's comfortable enough to smoke the weed. <laughs> yes. I've worked with, I have friends who are like, hey, uh, my Mima will not listen to me, but can she schedule like 30 minutes to just ask you some questions? And I'm like, sure. Right. And so I've been uh, the kind of like filter for, for family members too, who know that their moms or dads or whoever might benefit from something. And, and they don't believe that CBD won't get them high, you know? Yeah. And so, um, that's been such a joy for me, you know, helping people who are, are they're scared of something that they don't need to be scared of. And they are holding on just that firm grasp on those opioids because doctors know, but doctors don't know about cannabis. And that's just so problematic because folks are looking to docs to be their experts in this place. And my doctor doesn't even know what the endocannabinoid system is. So, right. Do you know from your research if doctors have to learn anything about the endocannabinoid system or cannabis? They or don't. I, I know a lot of them. I ask them constantly. Like I've, anytime I meet a doctor, I have a lot of friends who are medical doctors and nurses, mm -hmm. and um, none of them have ever learned about it in medical school. A I single one that I've talked to. So I'm uh, 21 weeks pregnant right now, and my midwife chose to tell me the other day, um, I just have to tell you, you know, cannabis can stunt fetal growth. <gasps> and then I had my anatomy scan and my baby is 91 percentile of like of size. Yeah. So I'm like, uh -huh. um, this doesn't make sense. But I was like, where did you learn that? Like I wanted mm -hmm. to, I wanted to get out of there once she said that. So I didn't like keep talking about it, which now, mm -hmm. like you said at the grocery store, I probably should have said something more clever than okay. Um, <laughs> But I don't like you don't. Did you learn that from school? Like, where did you learn that? Who told you that? What yeah. was the, you know, study that you learned that from? Um, 
and then I, I actually see a PCP who encourages cannabis. Um, yeah. But what that's very rare. Very rare. It is getting rare. And the, the thing is, is that they can be sued. You know, like they're right, working in. Right. But the, the midwife, that's a little surprising to me. I know. But you know what? I'm finding that when people do say things that are just kind of like probably wrong, um, a kind way to counteract that is to say, can you share that information with me? I would like to learn more about what you're talking about. Yeah. And if they can't, you can say, well, here's what I know. Mm. And it's hard for me to do that. It is hard for me to do that. Yeah. Because I you just want to go you know, off. I, I, I just want to go off. <laughs> but I can't do that. That doesn't tend to help mm. all the time. But um, that is what I would say, like asking them for their asking them to dig that up, share it with me. I'd like to learn more about it. And as a midwife, she should say, yes, let me send you exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Well, this is the right? same midwife um, practitioner place that I delivered my first baby with who, um, well, I guess it was the hospital, not them. But, you know, I just had to keep it a secret. I kept getting told, like, stop smoking, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they tested my kid, got reported to CPS, the, the whole nine. And I'm still here doing, doing it again, choosing to do it again, because that's how much it helps. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're advocating for yourself. And and advocating for yourself can also look like not telling somebody. You know, right. it's... It, I. The right person you can... That's like, so hard. You have right. To choose. The right people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that is so wonderful that there is in the interwebs a community of women mm -hmm. who are doing the same thing you're doing, Lindsay. And that is heartening to me because these babies are strong and, and resilient. And I remember when I was pregnant talking to my friends who are uh, pediatric NICU, like they treat the sickest babies of the sick. And I remember, you know, saying, hey, you know, what about what about weed? And they're like, what? No, just don't eat too much sugar. Those are the ones who are getting coming out of here 12 pounds with diabetes. And mm. I have never treated a kid with any cannabis issues ever. Right. She's like crack babies. Yes, there are children coming out of uh, with alcohol, fetal fetal alcohol syndrome all the time. Opioids in their system all the time. She's, she told me that. I mean, I remember this conversation because I've never had a a weed baby and she laughed you know it was like <laughs> no <laughs> you know sugar was the conversation came down to the sugar is scarier that, as far as and she's that's concerned. crazy like sugar's in everything and weed is illegal like mm -hmm. what it blows my yes. mind i know i know so did you consume really cannabis when you were pregnant I did. And I kept it from everybody. I was scared. You know, at first, when I first found out I was pregnant, I just was like, oh, I've been smoking way. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I started thinking about it and doing some research, talking to other women that I, I knew, which I could not find any. You know, I was I just couldn't find any other lady at that point. And I remember feeling guilty uh, very guilty, but I also had hyperemesis gravidarum and it was Oof, horrible. I was, yeah. I had lost, it was, you know, for those who don't know what it is, it's the, I want to say the most serious form of morning sickness, just total nausea. And I could barely be out of bed. You know, it was just, it was a really horrendous thing. I had lost five or 10 pounds. I think my first trimester, I was, 
I bet my doctor would have admitted me so quickly, you know, had I not popped back up. And I started, you know, thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to use it a little bit more intentionally. I'll use it a little bit at a time as much as I need. And so I did. And I was using, you know, smoking organic, using a, a bong. Um, and then I started to feel really, really guilty. And I tried to stop. And my doctor gave me a prescription for Zofran, which is the anti-nausea, anti-emetic that is generally prescribed for people going through chemo. And of course it worked. Of course it worked. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess I'll... I guess I'll use this instead of cannabis. And, you know, the last few months of my pregnancy, I didn't smoke herb and it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah. And um, I had a perfectly healthy baby. My daughter was huge, <laughs> extremely healthy. She's, she hit all of her milestones. She's extremely physically and intellectually robust. She's hilarious. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with her. And, um, oh, I also, while I was pregnant, I, I quit Zoloft because I was so afraid of that. Right. And, and I had been so frightened of that. So I was not smoking weed and not having Zoloft for this amount, which is not good for me. It was, it's not good for me. And so after I had my baby, I waited a couple of weeks, um, before starting to smoke herb again. And I think it was two or three weeks in and I, remember that first toke like it was yesterday <laughs> and i i was in my laundry room and i remember thinking oh this is oh i feel so much better now yeah like myself again exactly and after that i got kind of pissed that i had not kept on my cannabis journey a little bit longer because then these studies start coming out about zofran having caused cleft palate and some developmental delays and so then i was just like triply pissed and um and i remember going you know to one of my uh, my daughter's appointments and and bringing this up like uh zofran da 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 and um i think i was kind of brushed off about it you know but then you know i was like i'm back on like no no question weed 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 and so i you know, it was only that amount of time that um, I didn't use my sweet herb. And <laughs> I will try not to let that happen again. Yeah. And like you said before, when you were using it when you were younger, not only does it help physical, but like the emotional and how many hormones, like the hormonal changes when you're pregnant are out of this world. So, oh, that's just unreal. That's unreal. Yeah. Like that's just no one understands unless you've gone through it it's just and zofran's not going to help with that (laughs) no no yeah but cannabis clicks like every box for me anyway i Mm -hmm. i use a volcano vaporizer and flower and then a rosin pressed vape pen just to keep Mm. it like as clean as possible you know while i'm pregnant um, yes, I think that's great. What type of rosin press pen do you use? There's a company, I'm not sure if they're like countrywide, but there's a company here called Grow Sciences and they literally just press it um, from flour and put it straight into the pen. Nice. So yes. there's no, yes. it's not cut with anything. Yeah, um, that live resin. Yes, yes live that's hash good. resin. Yeah. So and that's you, like your, you like your volcano. I do. I do like the volcano. Not only do I not get the 
plant combustion, tar, inhalation, all that. But uh, tastes delicious. <laughs> you can yes, really taste those, those terps. Yes, terpy terps. Yeah. Now, what about tinctures? Are you a tincture gal? I do have a tincture like upstairs in my bathroom. Um, with ingestibles, I I'm just like not versed in them. I never really. I was more like. Okay, I'm gonna hit this. I'm gonna feel it. It's gonna be over. I can hit it again. Mm-hmm. Versus like, yeah. oh, I gotta wait, and then I don't know if it's enough or is it too much. So I never dove into edibles and tinctures very deeply, um, but I do sure. have a THC tincture uh, on hand just in case. <laughs> and yes, I, I use it periodically, things. but I feel like I use the other two while I'm using that. So I'm not really sure what's going on because is it the volcano? Mm-hmm. Is it the vape pen? Is it the tincture? You know. Sure. Sure. But I'm definitely on with you where I'm just like more intentionally using it. Like I'm not just, oh, I'm home, let's smoke. Like I, if I'm anxious or like today I haven't, you know, consumed any yet um, because I haven't felt the need to. Mm -hmm. But if I, I'm more of like a wound up anxious person. So if I need to just calm down, I'll take like a puff or take my volcano out and do a bag. I think that's a great way to do it. It's a great way to do it. You're, you know, vaporizing is like my savior i love vapes in multiple ways you know i've got the old school vapor brothers box that i haven't used in a while but Mm. i love that thing and um of course my puffco gets a lot of use over here yes i have a puffco have you come across the research where it's where we're all finding out that it's not truly sativa and indica yeah the The thing is about plants these days is that um thus this is really the entourage effect of all those things right but it's the the conversation about how do we classify cannabis now like the taxonomic categories of Indica, sativa, hybrid, they're, you know, eons of use and genetic manipulation by humans has made pretty much almost everything. Like there's a, there's some true OGs who have some very, very clean genetics, land race level, but that's so, so rare. So now um, I'm actually working on a piece about this, about educating people about deciphering chemotype versus deciding upon what you're going to use based on if it's categorized for you as indica hybrid or sativa so it's chemotype is coming is taking into account not only the cannabinoid percentage of thc but what other cannabinoids are in it what terpenes are in it and how those all work together um because folks are thinking okay it's just this percentage of thc that i I just got to get the highest percentage thc when that's not necessarily the best thing that you're gonna you know, use for yourself. It's like walking into a bar and saying, give me a double Everclear when oh. you can just, you know, you want to go in and say, I would like something that's got a relaxing nuanced effect that kind of tastes like berries and, you know, might give me a physical high more than a heady high. You know, it's it's educating folks on the chemotype. So that's going to take a long time because for, you know, a long time we've been talking about it in these three forms, right. indica, sativa, hybrid, but it's definitely you can for the most part those are kind of clear and people understand them i think there's a lot more nuance to weed especially when it's sun grown over indoor there's a lot of misperception about that too um, Mm -hmm. about one being better than the other and Mm -hmm. so um in, in the day of people being able to grow their own herb i want people to know you can grow it in your backyard using the sun 
and it is good Wade. Yeah. How did you start making bath bombs? How did that become your uh, business? We went to a dispensary one day when we were growing and everything and we saw like one company was doing it and my boyfriend actually had the idea. He was like, they're, you know, bath bombs were crazy at the time, like lush bath bombs. There was only like one other company doing like CBD, THC bath bombs. I was teaching dance at the time um, in the evenings, but dance is like my passion. And I don't know if you've ever experienced doing the thing like that you have as a hobby as your job can really kill it for you. (laughs) So I was wondering like, what am I going to do with my time? Like, but I was super passionate about cannabis and so we just made this turd of a bath bomb one day <laughs> out of a recipe we found online. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do something with this. So that's I how. I need to order them. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, please. I would Canna love. Bombs, take me away. I would love. Yeah, Calgon, I know we've always talked about remaking that commercial. <laughs> you should. You should. It would be absolutely hilarious. I would like to help you. Okay, hilarious. great. Yes, I will send so it So funny. <laughs> That, like, soft focus 80s. In the bathtub, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I also want to remake the early 2000s uh, herbal essence commercial where she's, like, fucking orgasming in the shower (laughs) over her shampoo. Girl, that would be hilarious. (laughs) I've got plans. When you're ready, you call me. Okay. Yeah, you can be the girl. (laughs) I want to be the girl. I will do it. I will do it. Cool, cool. Good to know. Good to know. You'll hear from me soon. That's hilarious. Excellent. Yeah, I'd love to send you some stuff just for taking the time to be on the podcast even. Oh, that is really awesome. I would love to. And you know, I and I would love that. And I would love to support your your work too. So I'll be buying some of your goods regardless. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, of course. And when they put THC in it, I mean, how do you feel about that? I kind of think that that's kind of pointless. Uh, I, I go with the full spectrum, you okay. know, like I... I don't. Oh, yeah. Yours is already full spectrum, right? Because they're using isolate. Yeah, exactly. So anything isolated, like a THC bath bomb, is still not as good for you as a full spectrum bath bomb. A a CABD isolate bath bomb is not as good for you. You know, it's just when it's all combined and how it's supposed to be, how it's like grown with all the cannabinoids. Yeah, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because there's some in there that we don't even know about yet. Yes, I know. I know. That's what's so crazy. I was just looking at something about oh, somebody I know did a a spreadsheet and he keeps adding all the different chemicals that he that are like like he's a researcher. So he's, right. he's finding these. If I can find it, I'm going to send you because it's hilarious. I'll check it every few months. I'm like, holy shit, what's that? Does Scarlett know about your cannabis use? She does. I started normalizing it with her and educating her when she was about five um, mainly because I didn't want anyone else to. And yeah. um, so, uh, yes, plus she's seen me grow it. She hears my my casual and my business conversations. And she's very proud of what I do. And also she benefits from these wonderful wonderful topicals also. She has eczema or she gets a cut or a burn or bruise or something. Um, she loves a good bath bomb. Uh, my, my husband uses stuff for recovery. So we've really, and I mean, I put it in food. I put CBD in her mother, homemade ice cream I made over the summer. She loved it. Yeah. And I put CBD in my salad dressing, you know, so I've really normalized it, but she does know because, um, some people don't understand the plant may think something bad about it, that if we are in public, when we could be in public with other people, 
if someone ever asks her a question about it and she can't physically touch me to get the nod, she has to play dumb. Yeah. And so that's my, my, um, my workaround. But yeah, I've totally normalized it. She helps me tend plants. She helps me water. And I teach her about, uh, you know, like it's in the garden with all of our other food and stuff. So it's not anything weird. We had some clones in our closet. We have a smoking room that we, <laughs> we have like this vent that goes out into our garage and then this like, um, draft, what are those called? Where they like stop the draft under the door. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and we have like clones in there and my 11 year old stepson was helping us nutrient and water them the other day. And I was like, what 11 year old, like besides yeah. like your daughter on my kids, like it was just really different that from when we grew up. I did D.A.R.E. I did the D.A.R.E. program where it was like, just so oh. no, gateway drug. And then here he is watering clones. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I was a D.A.R.E. kid, too. And I was approached outside the grocery store. They were there, the D.A.R.E. thing is set up. And these two young kids, they're probably like 20 years old, try to talk to me about D.A.R.E. <laughs> like, wrong like, girl, no, wrong no girl. Go, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Look uh, at the no. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I like ran away. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think normalization is a really important thing. And um, for me, I just really did not want Scarlett to have that dare experience, to have yeah. some sort of uh, stereotypical experience where people were telling her what her mom literally does for a living and for her own wellness is somehow vilified. So uh, yeah, and my husband and I are on the same wavelength about it, even though he's not a THC user, but he he understands. Yeah. I like how you said you wanted to educate her before someone else tried to, because that's so true. You don't want someone being mm -hmm. like, oh, your mom and dad do bad things when that's not the case. Right, right. And, you know, I, I my daughter and I, we, uh, you know, I, I'm a very conscious uh, person when it comes to social equity and what's happening in our world. So I keep it developmentally appropriate for her. But you know, this is a kid who could explain uh, how cannabis grows, what it does. And she could also, um, unfortunately for us, she can very well describe what white supremacy is and mm, yeah. um, and understands what white privilege is, too. Yeah, there's so a lot more it's all, information. all education at, at the yeah. root for these kiddos. And they're going to be the ones that will take this movement for acceptance of a of a beautiful plant to the next level, I hope. I agree. I I speak about that often, about how I really do think, like, our kids' generation, they're going to be the ones to push it to, like, just completely normalize because mm -hmm. they're going to grow up with the option of using it over alcohol. Like, I was reading some study already that millennials consume, like, a crazy percentage less alcohol than the generations before them just because there's other options now. And we've Right, I've read that too. We've realized that my your body hates alcohol like you said carcinogenics like i'm tired yeah. of throwing up every morning which be when i want to have fun yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so yes. in college just... that's what happened to me I, I started smoking like before parties and then it just eventually turned into never going to the party and just smoking all night yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes or i disappear to the room i'd be like okay i'm at a party where's the small room with the people and yeah. the dogs who are smoking weed? Like, where are those people? Yeah, I would walk That's in and I... everyone would be like, oh, okay, Lindsay's here. Let's smoke. Like, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the one. That's me too. That's me too, girl. <laughs> yeah. we, we found each other. Yeah. That's amazing. 
That is so amazing. It really is. It's good stuff to have a community where we can have this conversation that we might not have been able to have 10 years ago. Absolutely. And I'm recorded on the internet. I was just going to say, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to make the podcast and get out your information. I learned some stuff from you. You learned some stuff from me. We can help empower other women who want to use cannabis and are scared, but then they hear, oh, these other two successful educated moms are doing it. I can do it too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is really what matters is that we can connect with other human beings, women, help them help themselves in this world where there's so so few things we can control. I mean, if there's one little thing we can do to ease our condition of being human in 2021, I think that it's a good thing. Yeah. So let's legalize it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Legalize. Deschedule. All of it. Oh, yes. Deschedule. Very important. Schedule one fucking yep. drug yet legal in can't states. Even. It, I can't It doesn't even. make any even. sense. It's oxymoronic. It, it really is. I, I can't even. When people say that, I just, I just, I, it's like... I bust out in a rash. (laughs) I really do appreciate you taking the time to spread your knowledge and awareness, both online and with me today. Um, How can we follow you, support you, get in contact with you after this? Thank you. And congratulations on everything's really very cool and you're very inspiring. Thank Um, you. And congratulations on your pregnancy. I hope you're feeling good. Um, Thank you so much. uh, You can find me. um, I have a website. It's theconcierge.com, T-H-E-C-A-N-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, or online at Instagram at the same handle at the concierge. And um, yes, please. I am open for educating others or helping in any way I possibly can in this world. And I also do a lot of marketing and creative work. So if there are brands out there that like my style, give me a call. I know. I'm like, hey, I need to get with this girl. I saw that you did marketing. I'm like, um, (laughs) I need to do it. Okay, cool. Well, you'll definitely be hearing from me again. And I'll let you know when this is airing. And thanks again. Thank you, Lindsay. This is a real treat. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye, Christina. Thanks. Bye. This has been Canna Moms with Canna Bombs. Go smoke a joint. You deserve it. <laughs>